Another edition of the Hot Sheet Podcast with Jeff and Josh. I am Josh in North Carolina. That's Jeff in the Northeast. It's the Bear and Parrot Show. If you've uh, listened to us before, I'm the Bear. He's the Parrot for obvious reasons. If you've ever met us, I mean, he clearly looks like a parrot, and I clearly look like a bear. You know, it's it makes a lot of sense. I think everyone says that, right, Jeff? They say Jeff looks like a parrot. Correct? <laughs> it's a parrot. I haven't. Uh... I haven't heard that. I thought it was because I just, uh, I repeat everything. I don't know. Well, yeah, you're a repeater. You learn words real easy. You know, you, you fly around, you subsist on a diet of seeds and, you're a ty- and fruit. You're a typical parrot. <laughs> we, we've heard it all. It's, 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 it's cliche. Just the old trope, Jeff is a parrot, right? Anyhow, parrot or human, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, man. You know, I was uh, out at the ballpark. A lot last week, and uh, plan on making another run this weekend to see the uh, the Somerset uh, folks and pitchers and you know etc. up in Portland. So I'll go see them. Those old Patriots felt nice. weird calling them Patriots. Yep the uh, the Somerset Patriots versus and and you would be seeing them. You're going to see them in Portland, Maine. You're going up. How yeah, far is that for you? That's closer than New Jersey is. Oh, okay. That's yeah, it's. I don't have anyone within a hundred miles, but I want to see some games this week. And uh, yeah, I've got the opposite this week. I've got uh, well, there's guys. There's some teams that are more than a hundred miles, but uh, down east is in town versus Delmarva. Um, probably going to go take a look at them at some point. Uh, Fredericksburg is in Zebulon, uh, so I'll see Susanna and the Greenhouse Effect in the middle of their lineup. That's Elijah Green and Brady House. For those of you who don't speak pun. Um, think who else is around uh greensboro has jersey shore in and i think that's pretty much it um but this is a hot sheet podcast jeff so let's start talking about hot sheet uh the first two guys on the sheet this past week were pretty easy uh marcelo mayer who was who has decided you know after i stopped seeing him to turn it on now it may be my effect or it may be the fact that the entire team was under the weather when uh i got to see them in greensboro so they were all performing as if they were under the weather uh but and but he performed really well uh in the past series against hudson valley and then he really turned it on in asheville which it's asheville but you know i talked to some scouts who were there and it's not just asheville they they really like what they saw from him uh, Jeff, what do you think of Marcelo Mayer? Yeah, he really turned it on this week. Thank God for Asheville, right? And they're, what, 370 center field fence. Um, that is, uh, the. I was looking at the dimensions of that park yesterday, and it's, uh, it's honestly remarkable. But, um, yeah, you know, I think this is what he was kind of billed as, right? He's a, a guy with hit tools, some, you know, good approach, um, projectable power, that that would come as well. Um, you know, I haven't gotten any firsthand looks at Marcelo Mayer. Um, so hopefully that's coming at some point in the future. He's going to have to keep hitting in order for me to see him probably because I'm not going to get down in Greenville, but I will, uh, I guess I could see him in Brooklyn in a couple of weeks. So I would have to make another trip up north or south, excuse me, down south to go see him. Uh, unless he ends up uh, up north in Portland. So 
At some point, I'll see Marcelo Mayer, but I don't know how soon is now. Yeah, I've just had incredibly bad luck with Red Sox prospects this year, uh, outside of Roman Anthony, who I wrote up as the helium guy this week, and we might get to him later. But, um, you know, I saw Mayer. I mean, I saw eight swings and misses in the same game from him. Anthony Solomato really had his way with him. Um, There may be some issues with left-on-left spin there. But also, like I said, you can't really discount the fact that he wasn't feeling himself during that series. Uh, Wickelman Gonzalez in that series, I believe, got two outs for me. Uh, Luis Perales in the series at Salem, I think, got two outs for me as well. Uh, Miguel Blaze in that series even looked, he had some tools, but he wasn't, you know, the guy I was really excited to see. And uh, some scouts kind of poo pooed him a little bit. for a couple of reasons that I've detailed uh, in other places this week. So, yeah, basically, if I see Red Sox prospects, it's not going to be a good time for those guys. So I will try to stop watching them. Um, number two on the list is one of my favorite players in the minor leagues. And I think my favorite pitcher in the minor leagues. Definitely the best pitcher I've never seen. And that is Yuri Perez. And he it, he had a Yuri Perez week. He has 42 strikeouts this year. And 20 of them came in this past week. Uh, at the expense of the Mississippi Braves. Uh, congratulations to Cal Conley and Arden Pabst. They both hit solo home runs off him, which I believe counts for all of the damage that he allowed in that series over 11 innings. And, you know, uh, get some feedback from our recent Top 100 update that Yuri Perez is the top arm in the minors, or at least top arm on, on prospect lists. Um, and he was certainly a candidate for that coming in. It was him... Grayson Rodriguez and Andrew Painter. Um, I think I was Team Yuri, though I can understand the arguments for both of them. Don't hold me to that. But he's got you know a lot of things people look. He's got the stuff. There are some nits to pick. Someone pointed out to me that his numbers, control-wise versus left-handers, are not particularly good. Um, and for whatever reason, he has a terrible time in the fifth inning. Uh, it's like a ten ERA in the fifth inning. And then the sixth inning, because he's only pitched into it twice, but he's, uh, you know, goes back to his dominant self. In any case, stuff is there, and this year he gets to play with the rise ball, which Kyle Glazer diamond, uh, uh, detailed, not dominated, detailed, <laughs> in a previous article uh, at BA. Basically, they're using the super pre-tack ball for the first. Um, after the season in the Southern League, and the early results say that it is uh, giving the pitchers quite an advantage, um, especially when it comes to you know the under the hood metrics, and uh, like in, in, in terms of um, induced vertical break and things like that. So he's dominating with that, but I wouldn't consider that a mirage since he dominated that league last year, and he entered the year last year as the youngest pitcher in the league, and he's still the youngest pitcher in the league, or at least was on opening day. Um, point is, Yuri Perez is really, really good and had a really, really good week. Jeff, any thoughts on Yuri Perez? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's funny. I think feel like in the the public uh, discourse that leading up to the last couple of weeks, there was like a, a bit of uh, maybe prospect fatigue with Yuri Perez. It felt like people were really trying to push like. Ricky Tiedemann and other pitchers above Perez. And it never kind of made any sense to me, having seen both of them and seen both of them recently. 
Um, and this is prior to Tiedemann getting hurt, of course. Um, but he goes deep into games. Um, the stuff is there. There's good secondaries. The fastball is good. I think with, with Perez, it's just a matter of, you know, if he lands his fastball in the upper quadrants, it's pretty much unhittable. Uh, it's just a matter of him doing that consistently. Um, he's got different ability. He's got ability to, to shape it differently as well. He can kind of throw a bit of a cut fastball as well, in addition to like more of a straight cutter, kind of cut slider, uh, kind of, you know, secondary breaking ball that he throws. The changeup's really good. Uh, and he'll float a he'll float a 12-6 curveball by every so often that kind of you know, changes your eye level. So he's an interesting one, man. I mean, I, I I like Yuri a lot. And I was saying last night, I think to Dylan on the uh the fantasy podcast, this is a guy that wouldn't shock me if he's up in the major leagues at some point this summer with the way that he's pitching if it continues. Yeah, I mean, he's got to get to triple A first. Um, I hope that's coming soon. I really hope that's coming soon since Jacksonville comes into Durham at the end of the month. And like I said, he's the best pitcher I've never seen. So I would really like to see him. I've watched him a million times on MILB, MILB TV uh, and talked to him on Zooms post game because their broadcaster, Eric Bremer, is one of the best um, and always does a great job promoting the, their players. Um, but like, you know, I think he's, I think he's done with double A at this point. Like he's had a good year at double A. You know, he was the open last year there. He really turned it on last year on April 29th uh, and then went crazy from there. He had a little blip with the, the injury, came back really strong and helped the Pensacola's win the Southern League Championship. Um, so, yeah, Yuri Perez, really good last week, really good in general, pretty easy candidate for number one or two. You could, you could be one and one A this week on the hot sheet. Uh, moving down a little further, Jer uh Jeff, I will let you go on a sermon about Justin Durden and go. I don't have to. Um, <laughs> throwing me out there for a sermon. Uh, well, uh, congregation, um, Justin Durden, extremely athletic. I think he's showing the power now. Um, he, it's funny. He, he was he struggled early on this season, but. He was good in spring training, spent most of spring training, if not all of spring training with a major league team, sort of a late cut. Um, the power started to show up this week. The numbers started to show up this week. If you look at my hot sheet write up, I actually show you how much of an impact this week where I think he had, if I'm not mistaken, it was four multi-hit games um, and then four consecutive games with home runs to end the week out of five games. So, um, pretty remarkable numbers there. He went in a, an absolute tear, and he raised his batting line um, fairly significantly, um, which just kind of goes to show you how silly the sample sizes still are, where one really strong week, regardless of how good that week is, can raise your um, <laughs> can raise your batting average on base percentage and slugging as much as it did for Durden. And just, I have the number in front of me now. He was 192, 284, 295 entering the week. And last week, it, uh, it after uh, after uh, his performance, the numbers jump at 269, 339, 519. So just goes to show you how much a good week can do. 13 hits can raise your, your average substantially, uh, pretty much more than double some of those numbers. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, 
it was an interesting week. Um, still had some strikeouts there. You know, not a lot of walks. Um, but the thing with Durden is there's power. There is some speed. He can play a few different positions, so he's probably best in a corner. Um, it's an interesting another interesting sort of Astros player that was underrated as an amateur, and they develop him into something that's far more interesting, which seems to be uh, sort of the theme with the Astros over the last couple of years where they haven't had a lot of high picks, a lot of money to spend internationally, but they keep on churning out uh, at least viable major league players. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, one good week. Um, it's also one good week playing in Albuquerque, which is a bit of a launch pad. Uh, and you'll notice the Sugarlands had uh, a game there where they, um, as, as one Twitterer put it, gave up eight runs and still won by 16. And for those of you who aren't great at math, that's a 24 spot the, uh, the Sugarland Space Cowboys put up on the isotopes there that week. So, you know, I, I, we, Jeff and I were talking about it off, offline. It's kind of a tangent here, but I pity trying to evaluate certain guys this year. Like, we talked about the carry ball in the Southern League. Well, if you're in the Southern League and you go to the Pacific Coast League, now you're going from the carry ball where the pitchers have the super advantage to the PCL where there's a lot of places where uh, hitters have a certain advantage. Like, uh, the, the example I'm using was one of my kind of favorite under-the-radar guys, Christian Mena with the White Sox, who's been a couple years. Guys saying, you know, watch out for this guy. He's really good. And this year, well, he's really turned it on of late. He's performing really well in the Southern League. But he's also one of the guys who really loves these new baseballs. So – I think his. I think we said his his IVB has jumped like seven inches, thanks to the the new baseballs, which is is kind of absurd. Um, but if you're gonna see him there, he's gonna dominate. Well, now you're gonna move to the P, to the IL, and that's not the PCL obviously, but it's the IL, and it's Charlotte, where um, hitters have the advantage in Charlotte, one of the prettiest parks in the country. Love it there when I do get a chance to go there, but. Um, it is a launch pad. So I don't know how you would evaluate him from one stop to the next. It's got to be tricky. Uh, that's kind of a, a tangent here. And I will use that tangent to take us to a commercial break. Uh, we will be right back here on the Bear and Parrot Hot Sheet Podcast in three, two, one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And, and we're back. So, Jeff, we're going to move down this list a little further, and uh, we'll go to Jordan Beck, who I happened to see, didn't happen to see, I was in Eugene yeah. uh, for three days, and uh, they played Spokane, which is a loaded lineup, a little less loaded than it uh, we would hope, because Sterling Thompson was out getting an MRI, uh, so he wasn't there which kind of stunk because he entered batting like 460. I think he was a minor league's leading hitter or tied with um, that tied with Philip Evans coming into the series. Um, but he's stuck on 462 since he didn't get to play in that series at all. Um, but when it, there was plenty of other guys on that team, you know, Adele Amador was on that team, young Keel Fernandez, Juan Guerrero, Benny Montgomery, and Jordan Beck, who had a really fun time in Eugene. Uh, he hit four home runs. I put it in the in the hot sheet. Well, it's, it's not often a guy can beat three teams in one series because Eugene played as the Emeralds, the Exploding Whales, and the Monarchas uh, that series, and he uh, did some damage against all three of those clubs. He had four home runs. I think one thing to notice about him is he can really hit a fastball. I think three of his four home runs came on fastballs. He looked a little less comfortable against quality spin so that's something to watch but he's got uh, he entered the series with three home runs and left it with seven that's a pretty good little series for jordan beck what do you think of jordan jeff yeah you know the power's always been there um based on the numbers i had seen you know over the last couple of years the approach isn't bad um there is maybe some contact question marks with Beck. Um, but overall, I mean, he's, he's a power bat that, you know, you hope gets on base at a high clip and, you know, does damage. Um, obviously, you know, had a pretty strong season last year at Tennessee. Um, he's a bit streaky. So he'll go on these hot streaks where he goes off for two weeks at a three weeks at a time and then gets real cold. Um, but another sort of interesting, somewhat athletic Rockies prospect. And they have a lot of these guys in the system right now. And a lot of guys are pretty big power. Um, so he's one that I'm kind of interested to see what he looks like once he gets out here to Hartford, uh, whether that's later this year or early next year. I'm sure I'll get uh, some looks at, at old Mr. Beck. But he didn't hit much for me in the Cape a couple summers ago while he was an amateur. And that always kind of sticks with me because uh, I think I saw like, a dozen Harwich games. And I, I don't know if I ever saw him hit a homer. Big batting practice though. Yeah, no, he, he was, um, it's, it's tricky. He had a good batting practice for me, but it's a little tricky with um, Eugene because they share that field with the ducks. And on days when the ducks aren't on the road, um, the game started seven 30 and the pro teams don't get to use the field until five ish. So only one team gets to take batting practice. So I think I only got one BP 
of those guys, and he was he was pretty interesting. Um, it was a fun series overall. Got Gabriel Hughes, who was really good for four innings and then really bad for one. Like he he allowed eight runs in one inning. It was amazing because he got the first two outs of the inning on two pitches and then allowed eight runs. It just everything the, the third hitter of the inning, uh, Gordy Santos popped a home run and then everything just went to heck from there. Um, so that was a, a weird look at him. He clearly needs something else uh, to turn the lineup over a few more times. Um, there's a lot of in- other interesting guys that we'll talk about maybe on future podcasts in that series. And I think I'm going, I know I'm going back there in late August to see what that version of the Emeralds looks like. And I think I'll see Spokane again because they will be in Hillsboro at that time. Um, so, you know, now you know what I'm doing in late August. So, Congratulations. Yes, I'm, I found a really good flight and I jumped on it. Um, for going further down the hot sheet, uh, I know we've got one of your favorites here in Mason Wynn, who, based on our top 100 feedback, was a little divisive. We had some guys saying move them up. We had some guys moving down. So I think we kept him pretty static. Jeff, what do you love about Mason Wynn? I know he's one of your boys. Oof. Really putting some pressure on me here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like good players, coach. That's uh, that's kind of how I look at it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a guy that has a variety of skills. I think there's always been projectable power that we knew there was going to be more that, con- that came. This is the youngest guy to start the season in AAA. Um, and, you know, he struggled. And it's not a shock that that would happen. Last week he turned it on had his first multi-home run game of his professional career, um, which I think is probably a good sign that he's breaking out of it a little bit. You know, it's warming up. Ball's starting to carry a little bit more. He's starting to feel it a little bit more. Um, You know, we know about the arm. Uh, A lot of his defensive ability is sort of carried by that ability to throw. And he's somebody that, you know, I don't know if the actions are great. There's still some improvement that probably needs to be made there. Um, I know there was some talk of him playing more second base. I don't think that's much of a concern. I mean, he still started 24 of however many games at shortstop. There's been some errors this year, but, you know, that will happen. Um, yeah, I, I think overall it's just the impact that he could have on both sides of the ball. Um, the hit tool is pretty good. The approach is pretty good. Um, and he's starting to show more power. So just a matter of time, you know, once again, it's funny how a, a good week can sort of change the disposition of some of these players lines and sort of how they look out there. But, um, another guy that, you know, raised his numbers pretty significantly with a good week, you know, he was, he was slugging 319 going into the week, left the week slugging 414 has another performance like that. Who knows what he's slugging? Yeah, it's a tough, tough, you know, position to be in, having to you know, judge guys on early samples and things like that. You know, you look at some of these guys for the hot sheet and for the things we're writing. It, you know, pitchers have made five starts, and because they're early, a lot of these starts are pretty, pretty short too. So the sample size is not great on a lot of them. So we don't know, you know, who's who's who just yet. Um, We'll move down the list a little bit further with uh, a guy we ID'd last year who just missed the cut for the Yankees 30 this year because 
he has he didn't do really well in his first taste of full season ball, but he has turned it on this year. And that's Jared Serna. He is the cousin, I believe, of Luis Serna, their the right hander, who also popped up last year, but has been, I believe, on the injured list all year. Uh, but Jared Serna is an interesting guy. He he makes a lot of contact. He hits the ball hard, and that's pretty much it. Um, his his defensive profile is you know he's not going to stand out at any spot. He's a second baseman by trade. Um, he's not a burner by any means. So he's going to have to hit and hit a ton. And this past week he hit and hit a ton. Um, he came into the week with three extra base hits uh, and this and left it with nine extra base hits, including his first two home runs uh, against uh, Bradenton. So he's a guy who he's kind of on my radar and I'm, I'm going to the Florida state league at some point here in the near future. Uh, he'll be on my list of guys to watch. I'm going to the West coast of the Florida state league. Um, he'll be on my list of guys to watch just because, you know, if, if you're going to have one tool, make it the hit tool, right, Jeff? I would agree with that. Um, either that or be incredibly fast, like the flash. Well, then especially can, with the new rules, like, like a superpower, right? I think there isn't the rule that they're, <laughs> that they're floating. You can have a pinch runner that doesn't have to stay in the game. I remember that correctly. What is this? The, the Atlantic League rules? Yeah, I think the Atlantic League rule. Like if that comes to the big leagues, like you know, Terrence Gore. Hello, um, I would think like a guy like Nassim Nunez would be up there, uh, and any other like eighty or ninety grade runner. Uh, you can you can name would be up there. I think that would be really interesting to see where it's pinch runner and that's all he does. Just get your go back and get Herb Washington and <laughs> let him uh, run track for you on the on the base paths. Um, but in, in any case, yeah, the point is Jared Serna, he can hit just a bit, and I want to see how it plays the rest of the year and if he gets to Hudson Valley and all that good stuff. But he's really intriguing. He does some of the stuff you really want to watch. Um, let's see here. Who else is on this hot sheet list? Oh, another guy you've seen. I'll let you go on another sermon. Tell us about the good man, Hunter Goodman. Yeah, it's all Goodman. Um, Hunter, That's all Goodman. Hey, no, it's all Goodman. Um, so, uh, Hunter Goodman, I mean, I, I think the thing that's so impressive about Goodman is he was kind of written off despite 36 home runs last year, which is kind of crazy, but the approach wasn't great. Did a lot of damage in the lower levels. I think there were a lot of concerns. Can this guy consistently make contact and swing at the right pitches against more advanced pitching that you see in double A? And I think in a lot of instances, double A is where the rubber sort of meets the road. And he's made some adjustments in this game. He's not overwhelmingly patient and the contact numbers aren't, you know, crazy. It's not, uh, you know, 90% contact rates or whatever, but he's making more contact. He's swinging at, at less pitches outside of the zone. That's leading to more results. I think the power can translate because it's double plus power pretty easily. Um, you see how hard he hits the ball. His like 90th percentile exit velocity is well above 108 miles per hour. Um, he's mashing. So, you know, for me, it's pretty easy to sort of look at a guy like this that's made some adjustments in his game made some improvements. He's still fairly young. The biggest question is where does he play defensively? But there might be some upside that this is a guy that can catch a little bit from here to there, uh, from, from here and there. 
but also maybe handle first base and maybe handle a, you know, a corner outfield spot like left field. Um, he's not great anywhere, but I think the versatility probably boosts his profile a little bit and makes it a little bit less concerning. But yeah, overall, I think if you look at the improvements in approach and contact and know the kind of power that Goodman has, um, there's some, you know, hard, like everyday regular upside there. Yeah, he's an interesting one. I think you, you nailed him. It's kind of chapter and verse from some of the scouts I've talked to about him this year. Um, you know, the Rocky system, I think, is, is pretty sneaky. The, the team that I just mentioned, Spokane, is super loaded, but there's other guys up and down the system. I see Ezekiel Tovar starting to turn it up in the big leagues. Doesn't count as a prospect anymore, but good young ball player. And we will close this podcast by going up just a little bit on the list with uh, Noel V. Marte who moved down on our most recent iteration of the top 100 and uh, he must have gotten access to our content management system because he saw that and decided to go off this week uh, with four home runs uh, for double a Chattanooga where he's one of the younger players in the league. Uh, but the reason we moved him down is because, you know, I, we, we reached out to, I believe half a dozen uh, pro scouting directors or pro scouting director types for this list, this isn't just, you know, stuff we're doing based on stat lines or anything. And there was a pretty uniform sense of move this guy down because to that point, he hadn't really been hitting. Um, kind of a slow start, like just like he did last year. And perhaps more concerning, he's playing third base now. He's not a shortstop anymore, um, or at least it doesn't look like he's going to be one in the long term, especially considering the glut of shortstop prospects the Reds have. Um, so if he wasn't hitting, and he was playing third base. Well, that's a tough combo there, coach. Um, he's going to need to continue to have a lot more weeks like he does this year. And further, he's gotten bigger. Like he's he's play, he's he's grown his way off shortstop. Um, so there's gonna he's gonna have to, like I said, really, really, really hit going forth to be that way to to have his stock you know bounce back up again. Basically, that's a long way of saying right now he's got a little bit of a profile problem going on, uh, although this week is uh, kind of an outlier. Jeff, what do you think about Noelvi? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's funny because we had gotten some move down feedback on, you know, Marte, and then he goes out and has a tremendous week, and it seems like that is just the nature of it. Um you know, I, I I think that if you look at this guy, it was always pretty obvious that he wasn't going to stick at shortstop unless he was an absolutely standout defender. If you watched him for even you know a few games, you probably knew that wasn't going to be the case. Um, the power's always been there. It's a big league body. Um, you know, he's broad shoulders and incredibly strong. He looks like a big leaguer now. He has for a few years. Um, and the approach has never been as bad as I think people think it is. It's just the iterations of his swing at times aren't the most visually appealing. And, you know, I think that uh, because he's a little bit stiffer at times and doesn't really have a great usage of his lower half, it's very minimal in terms of like his step and hit. Um, I think some people sometimes think like, oh, I don't know about this, blah, blah, blah. But you know, beyond even the aesthetics of the swing, I mean, he's he's performed his entire professional career pretty much. Has hit for some power, maybe not as much as you might anticipate based on 
the broadness of his shoulders and size of his muscles, et cetera. But um, he's a guy that I think can hit and, and the approach is fine. Um, is he a superstar? Probably not. I know that there were some people that were trying to push him up to that level maybe two years ago. Um, I don't think he's that, but I do think he's a guy that will play every day in the big leagues will hit. If he gets the opportunity to hit in Cincinnati, it's not too bad. Yeah. He's been a, a bit of a divisive one and has been for a while. He's kind of made uh, the last two years have been slow starts. So we'll see. And you know, the, the reviews coming back on him from the Arizona fall league were not great either. So We'll see. Hopefully he has a lot more of these weeks and, you know, has a good career in the big leagues. You know, we, we rank them and we move guys up and we move guys down, but we want them all to succeed. We don't root for anybody to not succeed. Jeff, what are you working on this week? Have a uh, article coming out uh, similar in the fashion uh, to the one that I put out on Paul Skeens on Dylan Cruz, kind of comparing him to the top of our, top 100 list and sort of asking folks within the game where he would rank, uh, that should come out on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, I'll be, uh, I'll be working on uh, a couple other things I'm, I'm cooking up in terms of, uh, maybe some, some early performers like I did with, uh, with pitchers. I'll do something similar for hitters, guys that are performing and have good underlying data, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I'm always doing, podcasts on fantasy and of course i relaunched the 90th percentile podcast and now have a new co-host in matt pajak who uh if you're not familiar with matt you should follow him uh he's one of the owners of uh loading sports and they do data driven athletic testing uh not just for baseball but for a variety of sports and he has some really interesting insights in the game so we'll be uh rolling out part two of that one and actually one of the guys we're going to be talking to is uh, A.J. smith Shaver, I think, in, in part three. Well, that's uh, a nice little dovetail into what we're going to roll out tomorrow, um, where this, this podcast being recorded Tuesday, so it'll be on Wednesday. Uh, we talked about, guys, I think today on the site we have risers and fallers in the top 100, and we are putting out guys to watch for, because we're about to get a fair amount of graduations. I think by the time we record our next Bear and Parrot podcast, Anthony Volpe and Masataka Yoshida will have bid the world of prospects adieu. Um, Kodai Seng is probably not far behind. And there's and there's a few other guys who are coming quickly as far as graduations are concerned. And the way it works is people have to move into those spots. We can't just, we have to have a top 100 at all times. Uh, talent in the minor leagues is not great right now. It's not terrible, but it's not great uh, at this point. But there are some guys who are up arrow early in the season, and I will spoil it and say A.J. smith Shaver is one. He's a young 20 years old. He's going to pitch at 20 years old all season long if uh, I know how ages and math work uh, and when the end of the season is. And he just you know, dominated at high A, and he's going to get promoted, going to get, did get promoted to double-A Mississippi, where he made his first start. The underlying numbers are really good. Um, there's a whole lot to like about that guy um, from a stat sheet perspective and a performance perspective. A little more of a violent delivery type guy. Um, like in the two, the fastball and the slider are really nasty, that changeup. If that changeup comes along, you got something really, really good. Um, and frankly, if that changeup comes along and he stays healthy, 
and the Braves make the playoffs. I said it in Slack earlier today. I wouldn't mind shoving him in a postseason bullpen and letting him eat if uh, everything keeps going well the rest of the season. And as far as games, you know, I mentioned earlier, there's those teams I mentioned going uh, on around here, hoping to see uh, the first non-SIM game action for Harlan Susanna. And um, that's pretty much it for, for me. So uh, we'll wrap this up right about now. Jeff, uh, any final thoughts? No, I'm glad to have you back. Glad yeah. to have the bear and parrot flying and riding again. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm happy to be back, but I'm pretty bummed that uh, not in Oregon anymore, uh, especially because the humidity started to set in here in North Carolina, which is a major bummer because uh, humidity in Oregon really isn't a thing unless it's raining. But in any case, uh, for Jeff, I'm Josh. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the download. Thank you for subscribing to Baseball America. Have a good week. Bye.